Welcome back to Love, Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of things we've written in the past and embraces the cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. I have an amazing guest today that I'm so excited to have on. She is so hot. Like, I don't even know how I'm able to, like, be cool enough to be her friend. Literally one of the coolest people I know. She's badass. She's covered in tattoos. She is a phenomenal, gifted hairdresser stylist. Her color is just out of this world. I'll make sure you guys get her Instagram so you can check it out. She also does these crazy, amazing extensions that she like travels the country being educated on and like you can't see them and they're just be I cannot wait to get them in my hair. She's just, she's so talented. She's a mom of two boys and she's just, you know, a MILF extraordinaire. And this is Amanda. Welcome. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I want you to write my eulogy, okay? <laughs> I'll do your eulogy and Eddie will do your embalming. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. That is so fun. I appreciate all the things you just said. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for being my friend. I am blessed to have met you. And I am am honored to um, take up some time and space on your podcast. I think this is an awesome idea. And I'm super excited to be part of it. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, So obviously, we're talking about things that we've written in the past. And recently, Amanda has come... um, into possession of a hope chest. And if you don't know what a hope chest is, it's definitely something that's kind of old school. Um, I had one too. It's a chest that like, I think originally it was supposed to be like something that your mom puts like dish towels and stuff in, like things that you can use when you're married. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what I knew of it. And then... I never had all that in there. I just use it to keep my notes and yearbooks and things like that, that you have in there. Um, and so how did you come into like possession of the box? Like, where did you get it from? My mom did buy it for me for, I think it was Christmas one year or birthday, but I'm pretty sure it was Christmas gift. I was probably like eighth grade. And so kind of coming out of, you know, going into high school, starting to mature into young womanhood and not soon after I received the hope chest, I, same thing. I didn't have anything in it. I just started using it to store. I think she, uh, put in some of like my baby books and photo albums. So I, I added to that. Yeah. You know, I was stupid as a teenager and ended up adding evidence to wrongdoings in there, <laughs> which I later got in trouble for. So, Oh, it was double purpose for her because it was like, yeah, that's Don't. funny. But yeah, my mom gave it to me and I, like you said, I recently came across it again because I moved and I cracked that baby open and boy, Oh boy. Is it funny? <laughs> yes, I know we've been going over the contents of that box. One of the things being a pillowcase, which I found hilarious because I think you had your friends sign it and it had things on there that I would have written back in the day too. Like I love the doors and yeah, cause Jim Morrison's so hot. 
And, um, but then also someone wrote on your, on your pillowcase anarchy, which I thought was hilarious because nothing is more badass than a fucking pillowcase, like fuck graffiti on a brick wall. Like, no, I'm going to fucking write anarchy and then lay my, lay my head on it when I sleep at night. It's, it's just because like I have shit like that too. Like that's just how we were as like little badass teenage girls. Yeah, um, I'm I have evidence of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. What are some things that people misunderstood about you when you were a kid? Um, I think that I one of the biggest things I think I people misunderstood about me was I believe I portrayed myself to be like to not care Mm -hmm. to be very unbothered by things um I think I portrayed myself in a lot of ways to be mm, I mean I don't want to use the word stupid but like I I felt like it was just easier for me to just not be questioned about things and I wouldn't be questioned about things if I were just yeah. to be misunderstood. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a better word, misunderstood. Um, but I did care about a lot of things. I'm a deep ass person. Yeah. yeah been. So like I would say not caring about things. I very much did, but I portrayed very much that I did not. And just miss being misunderstood, misunderstanding. You know? Yeah, mate, you like you played it cool and like aloof, maybe. Yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit about like what was going on in your life when you were making the contents of this box, like at the time from the yearbook that you have and the pillowcase. So I'm thinking this was high school, right? And you went to um, a, a Catholic school, correct? Yes, I went to private school all the way from kindergarten to like 10th grade. And this stuff in my hope chest, I actually have a Lisa Frank binder in there. It really is so cool. I know. Do you want to see it? Yes. (laughs) And here's crazy. This is crazy. So look at this. Ooh, it's a bee. I didn't even realize that till just this very moment because I saw I saw this and I was like, oh, my binder. But I didn't remember what was on it. You know, I have these bees tattooed on my neck. And like, I, I am obsessed with bees. Yeah. That's so funny. It's empty. I don't have anything in it except these. But yeah. So this thing basically holds material from like eighth grade up into... I mean, actually, to be honest with you, I have, uh, I think I have Michael's first, like, scrap baby book in there. Aww. So, yeah, I have, like, it covers a lot. Fuck, thing's heavy. Yeah, mine is, too. Sorry for the boys bringing that thing up the stairs when I moved. I was like, (laughs) this thing's heavy. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say eighth grade all the way up until mostly, mostly high school. But there's a few things that even now I've added. Okay. Well, we'll get into the contents of those and start the fun fest. All right. So I've got one of my yearbooks. This is from the year 1999. I was a freshman in high school. Nice. 
What's yours? Same. Freshman high school, 95. Sweet. Ladywood. Ladywood is such a, like, it's almost like from a movie, like a Catholic school girl type of name. Like you feel like Audrey Hepburn would have gone there. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like this prestigious like prep school for like soon to be like rich wives or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish I appreciated then the camaraderie that was part of a small all girls school. Yeah, I did not appreciate it at the time. And now, like, if I could do it again, now knowing now what, you know, I would appreciate it and really like, instead of rejecting it, I would, and I would embrace it lovingly now at this point. So sad. Yeah, absolutely. So the the benefits outweighed the 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 cons. I mean, at the time, you know, I felt like the cons were so restrictive and just, uh, I don't know. I just was full of rejection outward. Like, I just was rejecting mm-hmm. everything, you know? As yeah. Angsty teenager, you know? So. Same. It was like, I'm going to reject you before you reject me. That's, yeah. I, I think, what was going on at the base of it. But, um the cons were so minimal like it it was such a it could have been so simple just go to school and like read and and do your assignments it's not it's that not that easy though like how is a teenage girl like there's so much more than that there's hormones there's friends there's i mean i for one i was boy crazy so that was my whole life was like what guy was paying attention to me i know I but do, you wonder, do you wonder if you had and I'm not saying our our guidance wasn't good or bad or indifferent, but I feel like if I had a daughter, the things I would be saying to her would be, I don't know, I wasn't told we're capable. I think we're capable with the with the right guidance to focus on on things and do hard things. Mm-hmm. And as a young woman, if somebody would have sat down and said, "I know it's not easy." You have hormones rushing through your body. Mm-hmm. You can still navigate through that, and you can do hard things. Yeah, these things might be fun and distracting, but you got to keep your eyes on the prize. I didn't have anyone to tell me that, and I wonder: did you have someone telling you any of that? I feel like I did, but like you, I was like, "You can't tell me shit." Yeah, And I just, I had, and I spoke about this, I think on my first podcast episode, I had this like void, like quintessential daddy issues. I had this void that needed to be filled because I wasn't getting like consistent parental like affection and attention. Mm -hmm. So it just made this thing that was like um, impossible to fill, but impossible to ignore. So. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of left to my own devices. Yeah. And so sometimes I just wonder if somebody just shook me real good and said, you you know, I don't know. In hindsight, I just feel like I wish I would have just chilled out and enjoyed it. Right. You know? Yeah. But. I think the one thing that could have been told to me that would have 
set me straight was do good right now because how good you're doing. Cause this like back when you and I went to high school, scholarships were still a thing. Like it's really hard to get nowadays. Like, um, but back then, like they were still somewhat attainable. And I think if someone would have been like, if you do good now, then you can leave the house when you're 18 and live in a dorm with like your best girlfriends and have fun. But, and maybe someone probably did tell me, I mean, my mom probably did tell me that. And it's not like I didn't know that, but like, I just felt like I was going to be on my own once I moved out anyway. So there wasn't any need for me to like do good. So I had to make all of that up in um, community college. And once I got to community college, I was great. You know, I got all A's and I was able to get scholarships to pay for um, a few more years of school. So, but yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Always, of course. Yeah. I would hope, you know, that you're learning as you go along. Right. But yeah. Well, you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So... The guy I lost my virginity to wrote in this yearbook. Are your books like we didn't get them for the previous year until the next year? Okay. So they weren't like, it's not like when I was in junior high or elementary school, we would get the yearbook at the end of the year and everyone got to sign it. You'd get it like the next year. And then like, you know, it would be not as like crucial because it's the beginning of another school year. That's so weird. I know. I think it's because it took them the whole summer to like publish it. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I always got mine. I feel like, like the last week of school. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the norm. I don't know. I don't, I had like 600 kids in my class. So whatever that is time four. Mm. I've never been good at math. So I don't know. That's a lot of kids. So lot. the yearbook is like pretty thick. Oh yeah. So I think they yeah, needed the mine. whole summer to like publish it. Oh, yeah. Yours is pretty good, too. Anyway, so he writes, Lindsay, don't we wish every day could be like last year? I hope you get what you want out of life and its fruits that it holds. I hope you look this hot when you're 80. Love you always. <laughs> Bing Crosby, a.k.a. Okay. John Brandt. John Brandt. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a guy named John Brandt would take your sexy ass virginity. He, he lived across the street from me. Nice. Yeah. So like, and he ended up dropping out of high school, but like, um, we weren't even dating at the time that I lost it. I was just like, I want to lose my virginity. I want to get it over with. So I'm just going to call out this guy that lives across the street from me. That I used my to neighbor date. for some neighborly help. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Was yes. it a one time was it a one time thing? No. It off and on the rest of high school, even though he like wasn't going to school anymore. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I well since we're since we're sharing first time. First time. Mm -hmm. My first time was too young, but the person I lost it to was somebody that I had been dating for the entire school year. And we did it at the end of the year. I was way too young. It was how old? I was. It was end of eighth grade. Oh, that's not bad. Oh. That's normal. I mean, I wasn't, you know, ten. But I mean, how old do you turn when you're eighth grade? Fifteen. Um, I think that's the year you turn fourteen. So, 
it was in March and I, and my birthday's in April. So, mm-hmm. I was, so I was 13. So I was 12. No, you would have been 13. 13. <laughs> that's, that's honestly the average like age though. For American kids, yeah. I don't know about anymore, but at least during our era. Well, I loved the guy. I'll say yeah. that much. So, yeah. It wasn't all bad, but then we broke up, and I spread my wings and flew away. <laughs> um, speaking of guys that you loved or loved you, you have a poem. Oh, yeah. And I would love for you to share it. Okay, so background on this story. This was a three-year relationship. It was a long okay. one. We, he was a brother of a very good friend of mine that had um, died while we were dating. So there's like a lot of heavy emotional things happening in these three years. Uh, I was very close to his whole family, you know. Um, and so we dated and things started going south. And so he wrote me this poem when we finally called it quits. And he used to call me Sweet Babe. So the poem's called Sweet Babe. Okay. I shed a tear for you before, but now I fear I can shed no more. The moments are gone and the time is past. How I wish for the days when we thought it would last. But just like the rest, I guess it's all in the past. Deep down in my heart, I was always afraid that one day you would tell me you just couldn't stay. The times that we laughed and the times that we cried, no words can describe how I'm feeling inside. But now you must go and may God's love be with you. And please know in your heart that I'll never forget you. How sweet. That's sweet. That is really sweet. 40, you know what? I mean, not 40 years, 20 years later. And I'm like, that is so sweet. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah, it was, I don't, I didn't remember him doing that. I was very angry at him for a very long time. And I was like, wow, I don't. How big of him? Because I don't remember. I remember us breaking up and me just being like angry. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this one thing. He was an he was he was an artist and could draw and doodle really well. Yeah, and he just drew this real quick for me one day. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Fantastic. Uh. January 28th, 98. Cute. Cute. Do you have anything else that was written in your yearbook or anything else that you want to share? Yeah, let's just do. So I had my very best friend for a very long time. I'm going to pull out one of her notes. I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing because she could be wordy. She was like a writer. Yeah. But I just was glancing at this and I like the beginning. It's just so funny. It says, Amanda. Hey, bitch, laugh, L-A-F-F. This was before L-O-L. Yeah, yeah. Laugh. Okay, so this morning Jenny told me something inferring that Mike is calling that Lisa whore. But guess what? I'm not really letting it get to me. Kick ass. Ah! <laughs> Kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Here, here's what I plan to say to Mike tomorrow morning. Mike, I don't believe that you actually mean any of that anymore. The lovey-dovey stuff. You told me that all, that all of this had nothing to do with other girls, but it apparently does. You have hurt me very badly and broken my heart. I didn't deserve any of this from you. You are only thinking of yourself and not me. It hurts so much for me to say this, but I cannot believe, I cannot be here for you anymore. You are definitely, you definitely aren't here for me. I don't think we can talk anymore until you have matured out of your games and I'm over you. Hmm. Get it, girl. So yeah, that was funny. So you told me a touching story the other day that really stopped me in my tracks because I can't imagine something like that happening. Like your best friend at 19. Just, it was crazy. So what was her name? Her name was, her name was Carrie, but we called her Boo. Boo, Carrie Boo. Yep, she, because when she was little... Um, her mom would put her to bed and she would sneak out every night and go behind the couch and jump out and say boo. And so she just, it just stuck with her. So she, in fact, would not even introduce, she wouldn't often tell people her real name. She would just introduce herself as boo. So it was the first, second tattoo I got because she had to see, she had died. And uh, so I got her, I got boo tattooed on my ankle. Aww. Yeah. So yeah, that was very difficult as especially a I think I was uh I was 19. I was getting ready. To, it was actually um on my not on my birthday, but her funeral, one of the days of her funeral was on my birthday. So I just was turning 19. Uh and she we of course, not of course, but ironically had been having issues with our friendship and and we were kind of on rocky terms and she was at my house and I told her to leave because it was getting late and so she left and it was raining really bad and I I'm assuming maybe because of the rain she ran off the road and ended up driving into uh the Rouge River which was deep at the time when it rains real bad for a couple days the Rouge River just gets real deep and so she had driven off the road into the Rouge River and she had taken her pets to the vet that day before she came to my house. So she had both of her dogs and her hedgehog with her. And it looked like when they found her car, she had rolled the window down. Um, and so she got her dog, got out of the car and got her dogs out of the car. And then they, when they found the car, the hedgehog was still in the car. So I'm assuming she was reaching through like over her driver's seat to grab the hedgehog. And I think the car moved because the point they found the car was about a hundred feet down from where the car had entered the roof river. So I'm just assuming that's kind of what happened. I think the car swept over her and she ended up drowning. She was missing for a whole day. And that was the worst. I can't, the, the people that have loved ones that just go missing it's literally got to, it's, that's the worst hell I think you could ever endure as a human is no answers. Mm-hmm. Like not knowing. They ended up finding her body and, you know, we, we all tried to pick up from there, but my life changed forever after that. 
I stopped hanging out with people that I was that I had been hanging out with. I didn't want any reminders of her. We did some partying together, so I didn't even like I didn't even want to party because I felt like I'm not going to party without her. You know, it just yeah. it was in a cusp in my life that I had started just started to I just got a job. Actually, the woman that took me on as her apprentice was interviewing me the day that um, they found her body. She called me for an interview and I answered the phone and I said, I have to be extremely frank with you. I mean, you know, I can, I can't speak. I'm like in tears, you know, Yeah. but I have this important, important opportunity that I have to address. So I remember explaining to her, I just lost my best friend and I, I, and can you give me a couple days? And she was like, you know, I'm so sorry. And we kind of talked a little and she goes, I saw it on the news. I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yes, that was, that's my girlfriend. She's like, yeah, obviously no issues. Call me in a couple days. So I was just like trans, like going into transitioning into that part of my life. Yeah. So I just started my apprenticeship and I stopped hanging out with any of those people and I stopped partying and yeah, it was the beginning of like a whole new leaf. Sounds like it forced you to grow up real quick. It did. It like gave you that spank in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real spank in the ass that I needed for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So her, her mom, my, my girlfriend had a horse and his name was Eddie, and Eddie was really awesome. And so, obviously, because she was my best friend, I would go out to the barn with her, and you know, I learned a thing or two here and there. Um, but when she passed away, her mom was like, "It's it's too much for me to go out there. I can't do that." So, one of her other friends, uh, one of her mom's friends' daughters, who I had never met, and am still friends with to this day because of this. I'd never met her previously to the funeral. We met, I met her at her funeral, and she was also somebody that had ridden horses all her life. So she was like, I'll take you out there and teach you how to take care of Eddie so that Pam doesn't have to go out there. And we ended up doing that for years until he um, got sick, and they ended up having to put him down. And that was another very painful experience several years later. But the couple years that I got to spend with that horse and taking care of him was really amazing, an amazing experience. And I would love to someday have horses again. Yeah. Or have a horse or two. They're really therapeutic. I mean, yeah, it was a pretty awesome experience. It was a big blessing that came from a big tragedy, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys and I help have, each other through the grief. Yeah, I have. Yes, because you know what was ooh, something I'll never forget. The women, the woman that owned the stable that Eddie stayed at brought him to. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, do you dude. think he knew? I do. I do. It was his, it was such a crazy thing to see her horse. Yeah. Crazy that I can still get upset like that over it. But that was such a 
it was just so impactful. You know what I mean? You see this big yeah. fucking horse looking over her graves, her, you know, casket. And I do think he knew. Crazy. But yeah, I have his, um, I have his whip in my hope chest. So oh my I have, God. I have something from Eddie in there too. I, I swear I got a little piece of everything. Yeah. I'm. Uh, working on a shadow box right now of my old cat's belongings, and you should make one too. Oh my god! You should put the pillowcase in there and the whip and like some other things, or make one like just for her. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that with me. Yeah. No, it's my pleasure. And with us. So since this podcast is about writing and things we've written in the past and reading it back, um, does writing play a role at all in your life right now? Like, do you do like a gratitude journal or manifestations or anything like that? You know, I, it's, that's a great question. Um, because I spent a lot of my life Okay, when I was young, when I was little, when I was young, I wrote a lot of stories and stuff. And my mom used to always tell me, like, you, you're a writer. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a writer. And then I had a very tumultuous relationship with my mom, and I went 10 years without speaking to her up until a, about a year or so ago. And so I very much rejected. I, never, I, didn't, write, I didn't write at all. When I left my ex-husband, I played around a little bit with writing. It was very difficult for me to do, though, because I, I was like, you're, my mom is also a writer, like she writes. So I was like, you're, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So I rejected writing in a lot of ways. Um, I have, though, used it therapeutically in a way of like, I did do a little writing. I didn't save a lot of writing. A lot of the things that I read through like last year that I wrote two years ago, I would read it and then like set it on fire. Yes. And like let it. Yeah. I did a lot of that. Well, I don't really have anything recent that I've written in that regard. And I don't write often. Um, although I can appreciate the art. No, of yeah, it. that's so and, and that's I so it. cool and so perfect because I literally just recorded another episode um the other day and I talked about how writing down shit that's happened to you and things that are bothering you can be like a form of witchcraft. And you're literally mm -hmm. taking something that's intangible, a thought, an idea, a fear, a memory, and you're making it tangible and you're making it into something you can manipulate and you can burn it. Yep. So. Yeah. So I did a lot, yes. I did a lot of that. That's huge. I did. A I lot love of that. that. Yeah. I have a lot of binders that are missing yeah. chunks of paper. <laughs> well, keep so. writing, girl, and keep doing here. Tell everyone where they can find you online. Um, you can find me on Instagram at hair underscore by underscore Mandy with three underscores. Thank you for the shout of out, Lindsay. For letting me come on your podcast because I've really wanted to try this out and I think this is really an awesome idea. I'm really, really excited to Yay, be able to be part of it. It's been my pleasure. All right, doll. What an amazing guest. What a great experience. I'm so excited to have more girly pops like Amanda 
good friends of mine on to talk about things we've written in the past, cringy moments, nostalgia, diary entry notes. If you want to be a guest on here, just let me know. Thank you for bearing with me for my first time recording with someone long distance. I realized that at some points the audio was not exactly perfect, but I hope you guys got the gist of it all. I will see you guys next Wednesday for another exciting episode of Love 